you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Can we welcome you? Thank you guys for being here today. I'm excited what God's going to do at Easter. Our first Easter ever. Remember, we are only two years old, all right? So our first Easter, we had over... 400 people on the property. Last year we had over 600 people. And this year we're going to have, don't you say it, don't you say it. Come on, somebody. I believe God is going to surprise us because every number is a name. and Every name has a story. I'm excited to learn and meet more and more people in this great valley called Las Vegas, Nevada. And so I'm excited. But we're in the middle of a series right now called Miracle Miles, way better than the shops downtown. This one's free. Come on, but Miracle Mile is our series that we're in, and we're learning about miracles in this series. We're learning about the miracles that Jesus did, and I believe we are seeing miracles here at Avenue Church. And I know it. We're seeing it on the back of prayer cards. We're seeing it with our prayer team. We're seeing God do miracles today. God do miracles every Sunday at Avenue Church. But I want to understand that as we read. In the Bible. Sometimes we're reading God's Word and go, wow, that was insane. That was crazy. What a cool thing God did. But that was for back then. I'm here to declare, I'm here to encourage you today that what God did back then, God wants to do today. He wants to do it in your life. That what God did in your life last week, He wants to do it again for you today. But we don't seek miracles. We follow Jesus. We don't wake up and go, God, God, show me a miracle. We follow Jesus. And the more and more we begin to follow Jesus, the more you begin to know long God and begin to know God long enough, you'll eventually find yourself in the middle of miracles. In the middle of miracles. So let's jump right in. If you got your Bibles, get your Bible out. If you don't, we have free Bibles that we give away every single week, free of charge. Also, you get your phones out. You don't have to Facebook down here. You can Facebook right here. Check in. Use your phone for notes. Get the Uversion app. You can also follow along on the screen behind me, but I'm ready to rock and roll. Like I am 930. It was like, I just, I was sweaty. It was insane. Why? Because I believe God's doing some amazing things. And so John chapter 6, verse 1 through 14. John chapter 6, verse 1 through 14. Say amen if you're there. Because that's kind of what we do when we are, we're not ready, right? Oh, my gosh, where is it at? But John chapter 6, verse 1 through 14 says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. How many know signs and wonders follow Jesus and people are following after Jesus? When God does amazing things, people say, I got to get close to that. I got to be near that. And so here's what it says. And Jesus went up on the mountainside, sat with his disciples. Then the Jewish Passover feast festival was near. When Jesus looked up, he saw a great crowd coming towards him. A great crowd, a multitude. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. And he says to Philip, 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 you live the closest to this region. So, Philip, where can I get me some good bread? How many talk about, like, how can I get some garlic knots, right? Like, where's the nearest Texas Roadhouse so I get the bread with the cinnamon butter? Come on, somebody. Right, Philip. Sorry, fat guy moment, right? Philip, where can I get some bread? And he says this. He only asked this to test him. Now, the game anybody likes that, right? Jesus, don't, don't do that. Jesus, don't be messing with me. Don't be messing with my psyche here, you know. Like, and so Jesus goes, Philip, where can we get bread for all those people? And he said this to test Philip, for he had already in mind 
what he was going to do. You know, anytime Jesus asks you a question, we learned this last week, anytime he asks you a question, he's not looking for the answer. He wants to know if you know the right answer. And so here's Philip. Philip's saying, okay, uh, listen, Jesus, uh, it would take like a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for everyone just to have a bite. Not their own, but just a bite. And then it says this, the next one, another one of his disciples, Andrew. Here's Andrew. I love this Andrew guy. Andrew goes, hey, listen, I'm a leader. I know what's going on. Here's a boy right there with five small loaves and two small fish. But that's not going to go very far. That's not going to be able to feed everybody. And then I love this. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Have the people sit down. There's plenty of areas to sit. They all sat down. About 5,000 men were there. 5,000 men. And they took five loaves of bread. Not 5,000 loaves of bread. Five small loaves of bread. Two fishies, right? Jesus gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And he did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat. Come on, somebody. How many know God's a God of enough? They had enough to eat. He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered. They gathered it all. They filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves and left over by the two fish. And after the people saw the sign that Jesus performed, right? I don't even know if I would have saw that sign. I'd be like, I'm still eating, all right? But after they saw the sign Jesus performed, they said, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. How many know anytime Jesus does a miracle, he doesn't highlight the miracle. He begins to show them who he is. Miracles always point people to Jesus. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this word. I pray for revelation, not information. God, I pray today you begin to set us free in our mindset. And God, I pray you begin to multiply our faith. And everybody shout it. Amen. Now, if you're new here, I don't normally preach in this thing. This thing is like, I don't know what this is, but this is my table. And anytime you go to a restaurant, they seat you at a table. Now, my wife and I, we're not like foodies, okay? I have some friends that are foodies where they, like, they, they, they study it out and they go to specific, you know, great places. I want to be friends with those people. Like, you, you do the research, I'll just go with you, all right? And so I know there's some foodies in my life. I love foodies because I love food. I'm not a foodie. I'm just a guy who likes food, all right? You put your own definition in there. Don't you dare. Don't you dare, all right? Do you even lift, okay? But my wife and I, we love all kinds of food. We love Mexican food. Come on, somebody. Give me a good Flaming Wands Mexican restaurant. Give me something good. We love Italian food. All right. We love all those types of things. Pizza. Pizza. Is, all, all pizza is created equal in Jesus' name. Right? We love burgers. We love all types of food. But my wife and I, we have a, several restaurants that are our favorites. Like, those are what we choose. If it's special date night. We're going to go there. We save it, too. How many of you I'm talking about? Like, you want to go to our place? Not yet. Let's save it. <laughs> if you're single, that's what you got to look forward to. I'm so sorry. That is it. And so I said, man, we got to save it because we don't want to outdo it, right? We don't want to just, like, wear it out. And so one night, my wife told me, uh, Jeremy, I have a meeting um, coming up tonight. I said, oh, that's right. Yeah, you're, you're meeting with so-and-so. Cool. And she goes, uh, I'm meeting them at our restaurant. I said, what? How? Our, that's our place, babe, right? Like, like, <laughs> like I get hungry all of a sudden, right? Babe, that's our place. Okay, that's fine. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, to, that, go to that meeting and, at our restaurant. And, babe, 
we got to get? Like, you got to think this out. Like, we got to order, right? How many of you know I'm talking about? Like, you got to plan this thing out. You can't just sit there and dilly dally. You got to, you got to know what you're going to get. And so she said, I don't know. I'm there for a meeting. I said, okay, fine. Okay, go to the meeting. And I'll watch Levi and our dog and hang out at home. And, and uh, when she came back from the meeting, I was outside with my son, and she came back in. I found her in the kitchen, and I didn't ask her how the meeting went. I was like, how's the food? Was the food good? Did you enjoy it? Was it fresh? Yeah, you know I mean, and she was like, back up, dude. I was like, okay, fine. I am so sorry. What'd you order? Well, I ordered this. Ooh, that's so good. She's like, I ordered those fries you like. Oh, no, you didn't, right? She's like, I ordered, uh, uh, you know, the, the different size, all those different things that you just love. I said, babe, that sounds like a great meeting, right? Sounds awesome. Then my wife says something, because my wife is so good to me. She is so, she is, mm, she is so good to me. And she goes, by the way, that dessert you really like? I said, yeah, right? Uh, yeah, the dessert you really like? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah. She goes, I had some of that too. No, you didn't, right? I felt like a little dog. Really, really? And she said, by the way. I bought you home some. It's in a leftover container in the fridge. I said, glory to God. Yes. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and tell him the title of my message today. Turn to your neighbor and say, leftover miracle. Leftover miracle. How many know I ate that thing at midnight, right? I was like, baklava. How many know what that is? That's Greek. Delicious. It's manna from heaven. And so the title of my sermon today is leftover miracle. Because here's a boy with five loves. And two small fish. Five loaves and two small fish. Now, I don't know if you have children, but I think the greatest miracle in the story is a child that began to share. How many of you that's powerful right there? Like, we can close the service out right now. A child that didn't say mine, right? Like, uh, it's just a universal language of children today. Levi, that looks really good. Can I have some of your ice cream? Mine. Yes, sir. I'm going to back up. He's like a cat. Ah. But this little boy began to share all that he had, that the one act of sacrificial giving was a catalyst for one of Jesus' most amazing miracles. That a little boy said, I just have five loaves of bread, I just got two fish, but I give it all to you. I want you to check this out. The little boy, he did not give them, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't give it to 5,000 men. They only counted men at that time. It was also men, women, and children. So it believed to be over 20,000 people in that place. And that little boy said, I'm going to give it all that I have. That one act of obedience led to 20,000 separate miracles on that day, on that field. It was for every single person there. But it wouldn't happen if he had not shared. It would not have taken place. We would not be reading it in our word if he had not shared the five loaves and the two fish. Listen to me today. God doesn't do the supernatural if we don't pull our weight by doing the natural. He wants us to do what's natural and say, God, this is natural for me. I give it to you. And God says, finally, yes, I can do the supernatural. Yes, I can multiply. Yes, I can do a work in your life. And listen to me, church. God never looks at you and said, you're not good enough. You gave it all to me. I'm keeping it because you're bad. Give me in the church. You're not holy. You're not reading your word. What God says is, finally, now I'm going to blow your mind. Now I'm going to multiply it. You know why? Because if we, if we could explain it, that it would not be a miracle. God says, give me your money. Give me your 
gifts. Give me that one area in your life that you just don't want to give to me. Give it to me so I can multiply it, so I can bless it, so I can do a work in your life. But here's what we always think. We always think, this is us, this is me right here. We always think, Pastor, if I give, I'm going to have less. If I give it all, I'm going to have nothing. I'm here to tell you, that's not how God works. God loves to multiply. There's a business that's been supporting Avenue. Uh, through, uh, they, they've been doing what they can and supporting us. And they told me that this year, because they're just giving donations to Avenue Church, that this year has been their greatest fiscal year. Why? Because when you give, you don't have less, you have more. God multiplies it. There's a single mom at our church. She had to go through some tragedy, through some tough times, and became a single mom of, of these wonderful, wonderful young children. And I began to watch God begin to do a work in her life. She remained faithful. She kept giving. And I began to see her to go for upgrade from apartment to a condo. And I asked her, what's God doing in your life? And she said, oh, pastor. I love her. Oh, pastor Jeremy. She says, I can't afford not to give. I said, what do you mean by that? Because when you see God multiply, I know that God takes me beyond my means, me beyond my own measure. I'm here to share with you today, as a single parent, as a single mom, when you see God multiply food for your little babies, you're going to step into that. I'll calm down. I'll settle down. If you're new here, this is as good as it gets. I apologize. I'll calm down. But I'm just excited because we have to understand that, and this is I'm preaching to me today, that you can put what you have into God's hands, and he can make a lot with a little. He could do big things with the little things. So here's the math of God. Put this, put this math up. Here's the math of God. God says, okay, uh, Philip, where do we get bread at? And Philip's like, the good stuff? That's going to be too much. It's too far away. But you know what? I see a boy, and, and Andrew goes, listen up. I see a boy who's got five loaves of bread, all right? He didn't go, he, he went to Walmart before this journey, and I'm trying to figure out this little boy, right? He's like, we're going to follow Jesus, right? He does miracles, and he's like, you better back up. I get hungry, all right? I get hangry. You know, that little boy is like a, when you go with a mom, right, like a mom to Disneyland, you're like, hey, can we stop at a, a gas station? Oh, don't worry, honey. I got snacks for you right here, baby girl. Yeah, I mean, you're like all kinds of loaded up. Like, I like this mom. I like this lady in my life, the person never ending. Right? The person's like God's blessings, Cheez-Its and Cheetos. Sorry. And so the boy comes in and he's got five loaves of bread. And he says, here I got five loaves of bread. And they were small loaves, a lot smaller than this. But he also had two fish. And this might smell kind of gross because this is fish back here. I'm so sorry, worship team. But all of a sudden he grabbed uh, two fishies real quick. And ooh, this one busted. And so here is his two fish. How many know what I'm talking about right there? This is good fish. The nutrients. This is vegan. And so he has his two, he goes, here, I got, I got my two fish. And that's hilarious. And so I got my two fish right here, and I got my five loaves of bread. And so let me count this. It's five plus two should equal seven. But how many know God doesn't do math very well? All right, how many know God is against common core? Can I get an amen, somebody? According to the devil, but we're going to get through that. We're going to get through that. And he said five plus two doesn't equal seven. It equals 5,000 meals for 20,000 people. You know why? Because of obedience. Because he shared. He said, I want to give it. Let's begin to feed the people. 
I want to encourage you today that many of us will say, man, I get, I, I get paid this much. I spend this much. I better keep everything to myself. But I'm here to encourage you. God doesn't do the supernatural until we give what's natural. You know, Easter's coming up. And this seems so small, doesn't it? An invite. But you know, during this time, 70% of the people that you invite to Easter only, not Christmas, not Mother's Day, not Father's Day, but only to Easter, 70% of the people that you invite will come to Easter at Avenue Church. Why? Because I believe people are looking for hope and healing. I believe people are looking for purpose in their life. But this small little thing where you're like, I love my church. Here you go. Here's the car. Here's Easter. There's an Easter egg hunt after the 11 a.m. service. I serve. This is a great church. It's a church you enjoy, not endure it. I want you to come to Easter. You never know what small little invite will bring somebody who then will bring their mom or their dad or their grandpa or their son or their daughter. Maybe the family dynamics is going to change from alcoholics to prophets. Can I get an amen, somebody? That you begin to change legacies for generations. That they're going to come to Avenue Church for 20, 30, 40 years. And now it's a holy legacy that is in that family. I believe something small, so small, God could do something big things. Like an invite. Remember the time somebody invited you? And now look at where you're at. You know God. You found freedom. You're discovering your purpose. And you're making an eternal difference. I'm encouraging today, if you put what you have in God's hands, he'll make a lot with a little. So I'm going to jump, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go fast. But I'll write this down. How do we see significant miracles by using insignificant things? How do we see big miracles by using small things? I want you to write this down today. Number one, use what you got. Use what you got. I can go Old Testament with this. I can go New Testament with this. But I'm going to stick with our scripture. Jesus looked up, saw a crowd, and he said, Philip, you live the closest. Where do we get bread? You know what he was really asking? Philip, what are you going to do? What's next? What's the plan? I imagine Jesus saying, what are you going to do? Because it's so easy to let what we cannot do keep us from doing what God can do. And Philip says, I, I, this, we, we, we don't have money. Like, it's going to take a half a year's wages. It's too far. A mob's going to break out. 20,000 people. I've seen people hangry. I've seen church people hangry. That's why this serves. i got to be done by noon. Come on, somebody. But I want to encourage you today. God will always use small things to make a big difference. But you got to use what you got. Maybe in this room you feel like you have a small gift to give. See, my prayer here today, and I'm not just talking about money, but my prayer today is that when God begins to speak to you, no matter how small, no matter how big, God doesn't, he doesn't want your money. He wants just obedience. So that when you take a step, he'll begin to multiply it. Maybe for you today, it's a small, it's, maybe it's a small act of obedience that will open up doors that you can never open. Maybe it's a small step today called salvation at the end of this service where I'll say, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to put a hand. Everyone's, everyone's eyes are going to be closed. And you'll be like, right here, Pastor. Put it up. Put it right back down. To say, Pastor, I'm ready to take a small step on my journey with Jesus Christ. I don't want him to clean my heart, change my life. Do you know when you walk onto this place, you could be completely changed. And all of a sudden your friends, your family are going to say, what's different about you? You took a small step. But here's the paradox. The paradox is we often feel overwhelmed by the size of the problem, that we shrink back and quit because we don't think God can use it. 
man, if I was here today and say, look, come on, have a new church, listen, here's the vision. I want the entire city of Las Vegas to know God. I want everyone to find freedom. I want there to be small groups. I want more people in small groups than on Sunday morning. Why? Because I want people to discover their purpose. I want people to make a difference, a dream center, all kinds of different things we're going to do in this city. We're going to go across the world. I want to be able to see God do it. You're going to be like, yes. Do you, Pastor. That's too big for me. That's hard. That's difficult. And Andrew spoke up, and he said, listen, here's a boy, and this is what Andrew, I feel like Andrew's the leader, right? Andrew's like, Philip, I got this, all right? And so here's Andrew. Listen, there's a little boy over there. He's got two fish, and he's got five loaves. And, you know, I've identified that. I've seen that, but it's not enough, fellas, okay, because I can see 20,000 people. That is not enough right here. And so what we're going to do, and I begin to see, begin to say, how far will they go among so many? And here's the problem, church. This is me too. We trust what we know more than what we can't see. We trust more than what we know. Say, ah, uh, uh, no, 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 no. I mean, this is great. This was written 2,000 years ago. I mean, I'm, I'm in the now. I know exactly what I need. I know exactly what I want. I know that that's not going to work because you trust more in what you know than what you can't see. And Andrew declined the boy because he knew it wasn't going to work, that he almost missed a miracle because he overanalyzed what he didn't have. I'm so grateful that God's math is not human math. I'm here to challenge you today. Maybe you're here today, and, and I'm not saying whether you're in a job you don't like. Maybe God's keeping you in that job. Maybe God's saying, I want to develop your character. I want you to develop your perseverance. Maybe there's somebody at that workplace that they really, God really wants you to invite them to Easter, and you're like, Ugh, but that guy, how many know I'm talking about? Don't put your hand up, all right? Maybe they're sitting next to you. I don't know. You're like, Ugh, that person would come to church. If God could change their life. I believe there's somebody in this room that you believe that you know that you know that God wants you to take a step to take a job that pays less, that you won't be able to pay off your loans or your credit cards, that you, you know that God wants you to be on one of our mission trips in 2020, but you can't afford the days off. Come on, we can give a clap for that. But maybe you're going, oh, that'd be so cool. But that's, that's money. That's time off. I don't know if I should be able to. I'm here to challenge you. If you have a dream in your heart, God will make it happen in Jesus' name. But here's the problem. We're still dreaming because we think God can't do the impossible. We're still dreaming because we don't think God can do the impossible. That a God-ordained dream will always be beyond our resources. It will always be beyond our ability. A God-ordained dream, a God-ordained dream will always be beyond you so it can be called a miracle. You say, wow, that's amazing what you did, but I could see that clearly there's no way you could have done it. So I see Jesus in what you just did. That God will be glorified. Number one, use what you got. Number two, go beyond. Go beyond. He said to Philip, where should we buy bread for these people? I asked this only to Test him. He had already in mind what he was going to do. You know, I've been a Christian for a very long time. And as I begin to grow in my spiritual maturity, right, we always hear that glory to God, right? As I begin to grow in my spiritual maturity, I begin to realize that spiritual maturity is not self-sufficiency. Spiritual maturity is the total dependency of God. 
That's what spiritual maturity is like. It's not, God, I got this. God, I pray. I fast. What I say is going to come to pass. And God is saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Will you take a step when you can't even see the second step? Will you be able to trust me? I'm asking you today, let's go beyond. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says, give and you will receive. Come on, somebody, right? We like this one. Give and you will receive. Your gift will be returned to you in full. Press down, right? Remember that. Press down, shaking together, making room for more, running over, poured out into your lap. That's what happens when we take a step. God goes, yes, I can now push it down. I can now run it over. I can now put it back into your lap in a greater measure. But listen to me today. This is not a prosperity teaching. It's all about multiplication of miracles. It's all about multiplication of faith. I'm here to encourage you today. The prosperity gospel, it adds to the gospel, which actually subtracts from the gospel. Prosperity gospel says, let's get rich quick. But that's not what it is. The gospel is, this is as good as it gets. That Jesus died for my sins. He paid the penalty. And God's going to bless me. That's what it's all about. What do you mean by that, Pastor Jeremy? I want to ask you today, what is the heart behind the ask? What is the heart behind the ask? It really boils down to this. And this, is, this hit me hard. There's so many times we want God to provide more so that we'll need him less. God, right now I'm in a situation I need you to provide more. So in reality, I, I don't need you as much. I'm a little uncomfortable right now, God. I'm hungry. I'm getting stretched. I'm in a job I don't like. I'm in a scenario, situation, you know exactly what you're going through. And you're saying, God, provide more so I don't need you as much. Here's the challenge today. The challenge is we pray real good during the hard times. Trust me, I pray real good. You haven't seen me pray. I pray real good. But will you trust God in the good times? Because everybody wants a miracle, but no one wants to be in a position to need a miracle. And God is saying, do you need me today? Do you need me today? Do you want me to multiply what you have? See, he always provides. Here's what God does. Is he takes five loaves of bread and he takes two fish and he takes them first. He'll do the supernatural once we do the natural. Now, my wife and I, we love to, you know, going out to eat, it's a real treat. That when we go out to eat, how many have ever had the situation where maybe you go to a restaurant and it's, it's quite popular, and when you go to the restaurant, they say, oh, it's a 45-minute waiting list, and you're like, you sit on the throne live, but I'll do it. And so you get the little buzzer. And, and, and before I do this, if you're a waiter, waitress, or hostess at a restaurant, can you raise your hand? Can we clap? Can we thank you? Because I think you have the toughest job in the world. I'm serious. you got a tough job. Right? I saw people on Sundays. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And so I believe you have a very tough job. But, man, when you finally you wait and you're anticipating, you're ready for that, for that amazing bread with the cinnamon butter. You're ready to get your meal going. You prepare for such a time as this. And, and so when you sit down at that table and the waiter goes, what would you like to drink? And it disappears. And then you're finally like, hey, hey, my dad's the worst. I love you, dad, if you're watching online. My dad will literally, I mean, he's got two hearing aids. So he's like, hey, hey. Hey, over here, over here. I'm like, Dad, Dad, please don't, Dad. You know what I mean? Like, I'm 35, it never gets old. And so you're waiting for the waiter or the waitress to come back so you can order your food. But maybe you're, when you order your food, maybe it takes a long time. Maybe they're busy that night. Maybe there's too many orders. Maybe too many tables are going on. Maybe tables aren't getting bussed fast enough. Whatever the case may be. But when we're waiting on our meal, 
We're waiting for our, our, our meal to come back out. The longer you wait, how many are in this room, you can say, you know what, the longer I wait, the hungrier I get, the more hangry I get. Where are the hangry people at, all right? Like, I know, I know it's almost new. I got a hooray. Have you ever been invited to someone's house? They're like, hey, come over to our house, and, and maybe you know, we're going to eat right at 6 o'clock sharp. So get ready. I'm like, mm, I like the way you cook. Come on, somebody. So you prepare, right? Like maybe you skip lunch. Maybe you don't protein shake. Maybe you run a little bit. So you can put in more food in your body. That's delicious and amazing. That comes from God. And so when you go to that place, you're ready to eat, and it's 6 o'clock, and you show up on time, and you sit down, and you go, all right, I'm ready. And they say, I'm just getting the food started. And you're going, oh, okay. You're anticipating eating at 6 o'clock, and you got to wait. What happens? You get impatient. You get angry. You say, God, what do I do? And this is what Jesus says. He took the bread, right? And, he, and then he says that I want everybody to sit down. Have you ever sat down at the table? You're growing up in my place. I, had, I have eight brothers and sisters. I'm, I'm number, I'm, I have nine brothers and sisters. I'm number ten. And when my mom said, dinner's ready, sit down. You would have to come to the table, sit down. You would have to wait for dinner. When Jesus said sit down, he was saying dinner's ready. He's saying the miracle is here. But when we sit down, we say, I don't see it. Are you playing make-believe, Jesus? Uh, what, what are you doing, Lord? There's no dinner, Jesus. Jesus, this should have happened by now. I have done all that I know to do. God, you have not provided. The meal hasn't showed up yet. I'm leaving this restaurant. We're get, get your coat. We're out of here. I'm going to find somewhere else that wants to serve us, somewhere else where I can get food right now because I'm not getting fed here. And God is saying, have a seat. It's coming. Have a seat. It's coming. Jesus took the loaves. He gave thanks. He broke the bread. And he distributed to those who were seated, who were waiting, who believed, who were sitting there saying, dinner is ready. Come on, somebody. Dinner is ready. I'm ready to eat today. And they ate as much as they wanted. Jesus said, don't just take a little bit. Have you ever been to a party we got kids everywhere and you order pizza and you're like, I didn't order enough. And then when the kid gets a plate, you're like, one slice, everybody. One slice, everybody. And then people take two slices, you're like, what's wrong with you? Put that slice back. What, what is wrong with you? And there's, there's, how many take like four slices, right? One slice, four, okay? You pile it on. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, take as much as you want. Take it all. I want you to eat until you're full. And he gave thanks. Jesus says a prayer of thanks before he performs the miracles. The same prayer of thanks that he did at the Last Supper. He broke the bread and said, thank you, God. Thank you for providing. Thank you for what you're doing. I'm here to tell you today, I want to encourage you today, give thanks to the Father for something that hasn't happened yet. Give thanks to Jesus. If you don't see it, just believe it. I believe that is called faith. Say, God, thank you. Thank you that you're making a way. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the Passion Translation. I love this. The Passion Translation says, now faith brings hope to our reality. If you're here today and go, what, are you name and claim it? No, I just think we need to talk a little bit better. Instead of saying, it's not coming. It's not going to happen. I don't know why I'm here. Why am I waiting? Wouldn't it be better to say, thank you, God, for what you're doing? It might not be the meal I ordered, but I'm going to get fed. Because I believe in Jesus. That the fourth miracle is a reminder that nothing is too big for God. I've been, I've been, I've been, right? 
begin to read testimonies this week. And you want to know about testimonies? Testimonies are borrowed faith. When you feel like you've got no faith, when, you're, when, you, when you, you feel like you have nothing to thank God for, begin to listen to a testimony. Begin to pull up your own testimony. Because testimonies are a sign of what God did in the past becomes something prophetic for your future. That what God did back then, God's going to do it again for your life today. There was a man in our church that he, he came to our prayer team and, and he said, you know what, I'm, I'm having a procedure and I need healing and I'm afraid that I won't be healed. He had doubt in his heart when he prayed with our prayer team. We walked out of this building saying, you know what, God can do it. He did it before, he could do it again. The next week he came back and said, I had a good report. I'm completely healed in Jesus' name. God does miracles. There's a young lady in our church that dealt with depression and suicidal thoughts. She came to our prayer team, and she said, enough is enough. Our prayer team prayed over her, and at that time of prayer, she felt like she was completely changed, completely renewed, that she shared with us that she walked out. She knew God had multiplied faith in her life. She knew that she was a new creation in Christ Jesus. That gets me fired up and increases my faith. Because anytime we give to God, we never have less. We have more. More faith, more purpose, everything that God does. There's someone in our church that had prayer for a relative who was not even here. Texted us back a couple days later and said they were completely healed. There's someone in our church that said, man, I pray weak prayers. I pray prayers like, like, like God didn't love me, that God didn't hear my prayers. But during this Miracle Mile series, my faith began to just increase, begin to multiply. Now I pray bold prayers. I pray audacious prayers. I'm here to tell you, watch what God does in her life. And so number one is use what you got. Number two, let's go beyond. But number three is leftover miracles. Leftover miracles when they had all enough to eat. They're full. They're done. Worship team, come on up here and help me land this thing. They had enough to eat. They're full. He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. Now, if I was a disciple like Jesus, listen, I love you, Lord. You're amazing, but five loaves of bread, two fish, uh, 20,000 people. Think of the new Raiders stadium coming in. Like, you're going to feed everybody in that place. No, that's not going to happen. And Jesus said, get everything. Get the leftovers. So nothing is wasted. So they gathered them, and they began to fill them. And so here's what took place. I'm going to go ahead and ask the, uh, the little boy to come on up here. All right. And Jesus said, here you go. Here's the, here's the two fish. All right. Thank you, Anissa. Here's the two fish. Here's the, the five loaves of bread. What I want you to do is I want you to take it. I want you to distribute that out onto the people. Okay, go ahead. Thank you so much. God is good all the time. And, and as they begin to distribute that out, here's what I love. I love that when they took a step and they gave it away, I'm wondering how how long did it take to feed 20,000 people? How long did that miracle take? And he said, eat as much as you'd like. But he said, I want you to gather in the leftovers. Let's see what the leftovers are. Oh, man, thank you so much. Here we go. Five, five loaves. What else is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five loaves and two fish. And, and so he counted them. He said, there we go. And the Bible says when they got the leftovers back, it was, it was five and six. And then another six. There's 12 
baskets left over. So five and two is seven. Gave it out to the 20,000. Came back 12 baskets. You know what I love about this miracle? It's not what God wants from you. It's what he wants for your life. And here's the disciples saying, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how we're going to do this. But they distribute the food and came back was 12 one for each disciple. This is a leftover miracle where God says, I will provide. I'm here to tell you, if we don't give what little we have, we'll never see the leftover. You know what leftovers are? These are good leftovers. These are amazing miracles that God has for our life. But if we don't give what little we have, we'll never see the 12. Hear my heart today as your pastor. It's not what I want from you. It's what I want for your life. So many times we stay with this. We say, mine, this is, this is mine, this is me. This, no, no, I'm going to do me, you do you. This is a great word, all that. But I'm more comfortable having what I have. I don't want to share. I don't want to care. I don't want to give. But I'm here to tell you, man, if you just give what little you have, how much more will God give in return? That when you refuse to let go of what you have, you'll never see what you don't have. You know, I was at the restaurant. My wife and I were walking into a restaurant. And uh, I love this. Spoke to my heart this week. And as we were walking into a restaurant, there was a couple that passed us. And we're like, hey, how you doing? Have a good night. And we're walking towards the restaurant. And all of a sudden, the door flung open. And the waitress said, sir, sir. Begin to yell, hey, hey. I was like, did he rob something? Do I need to tackle this guy? Like, I got you, you know. Like, Lindsay, get him. You know, like. And she had a leftover container in her hand. She said, sir. Ma'am, you forgot your leftovers. It's right here. And God spoke to me. How many Christians are taking a step of faith, but we leave, we leave right before it's going to happen. We quit. We give up. And God is saying, it's coming. It's coming. You did the first step. I'll do the rest. I'm here to share with you today. God's leftovers are not leftovers. They're brand new in Jesus' name. I'm here to tell you, church, don't quit. Don't quit praying. Don't quit believing. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And when you go beyond your ability, God begins to multiply your ability. And there's one more story I want to tell. In John chapter 21. And then I'll close and we're going to have an amazing time. We're going to go somewhere and eat. Come on, somebody. But in John chapter 21, Jesus already died on the cross. He's already put into a tomb. The disciples, the 12 disciples that were with him, saw the miracles that he did. Amazing miracles we're going to see tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, next Sunday, it's walking on water. I'm going to figure out a way, guys. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> they have that prop up here. But in John chapter 21, the setup of the story is the disciples saw Jesus on that cross. They saw him going to that tomb. And they walked away from it all. Saying, he's not here. He's not resurrected. He's gone. So the disciples did what they used to do. They went back to fishing. In the beginning of the Gospels, Jesus went to, the, to a bunch of fishermen and said, follow me. You fish for fish, but I'm going to teach you to be fishers of men. You can be able to see what amazing things I can do in your life. 
And here's the Bible says Jesus called out to them. He's walking by. He is resurrected. He's about to go to heaven. He spends 40 days on this earth. And he walks by. And you got to think about professional fishermen in this boat. They're fishing all day long. They use nets during those times. They didn't have fishing boats. And in those nets in the water, they're catching nothing. How many fish in here? That's frustrating. You wake up, you go there, and there's no fish that are biting. And here's what Jesus says, friends, <laughs> I wish Jesus would be like, I'm Jesus. Right, he does not He goes, friends, have you any fish? And I can picture Peter like, no. Like, who's that guy? I'm going to destroy him. We are professionals. And he said, I want you to throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. You know what Jesus is saying? Hey, is it working? You went back to your own way. So let me tell you, is it working? Is this working? He goes, have you caught anything? They said, no. Who's that guy, right? Like, get that guy. And Jesus said, I want you to throw your nets on the other side of the boat. You know what's interesting is during those times, I had no idea. During those times, they didn't have big fishing boats, yachts, or anything huge. They only had a seven and a half foot wide boat. And so they're on this side with the nets. These are professionals, all right? I mean, you have to understand they are good at what they do. And Jesus said, throw your nets on the other side and you'll catch some. You know how many people in this room be like, no, you're crazy. I'm going to do what I do. I know what I'm doing. And Jesus said, no, I want you to take what you're trying to do, and I simply want you to change direction. You know what repentance is? Repentance is just changing direction. You know what? When they moved their nets to the other side, they caught so much fish, they were unable to haul in the net. It was too great. It was too much for them. God multiplied what they were doing. I love this. John, whom Jesus loved, he said, oh, it's Jesus. Why? Because when there's a miracle, they say, this, this can't be. God, I think God is here. I think God is back. Anytime there's a miracle, miracles point people to Jesus. And he says, wow, this is incredible. Jesus is here. And you know what Peter does? He puts on his coat. I don't know why he puts on his coat. He puts on his coat. And Peter didn't go, yes, this is mine. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be loaded. Peter goes, I want Jesus. Gets out of the boat, swims to the shore, sits at Jesus' feet. Why? Because he knew where the real miracle was coming from. We don't search for miracles. We search after God. Miracles always point people to Jesus. Nicole, I'm so sorry. I apologize. You know what I really love about this story? So on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it. In John chapter 6, he took the bread, he broke it, and he fed 5,000 meals, 20,000 people. And Jesus saying, eat all you can eat. You know, if you left that place there that day, and you left a little hungry, that means you didn't eat all that was offered to you. It means you didn't take it all. God, God, I really believe God allows what you take. You say, God, I want more of you. I want more of you. But the real origin of the story is that Jesus is the bread. That just five loaves of bread fed 20,000 people and there was more left over. I'm here to tell you, church, today, that crisis you're going through, that difficult time you're going through, that pain that you're going through, I'm here to let you know today God is more than enough. God has never left you. He's never forsaken you. God is saying, I am the bread. I am the life. 
I'm here to encourage you today. And maybe you're here today and you don't have any hope or purpose in your life. Maybe you feel like you're so beat down. Maybe you feel like you have nothing to offer. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's a gifting. Maybe it's a step of faith. Maybe it's something God is speaking to you today. I want to encourage you today. Will you take that step? Will you stand with me, please? I'm going to pray with you this morning. I'm going to close this thing out. But stand with me, please. And bow your heads, close your eyes just for a minute. And man, I would love to pray with you. But my first question today, with every head bowed, every eye closed. And maybe you're here today and you said, this message spoke to me. I'm here today and I've been keeping things to myself. Kind of selfish. Not trusting God. I've been trusting my own mind. Not Jesus Christ. So maybe you're here today with every head out of eye closed. If that is you and you're saying, Pastor, I'm not talking salvation. I'm talking faith today. And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've decided today to trust God. If that is you, just put a hand up, put it right back down. If that is you, just right here. I've decided today, put it right up, put it right back down. It's a lot of hands. Keep it up. Put it right back down. Put it up, put it right back down. And by raising your hand, you're saying right here, God, I trust you. God, I'm taking a step today. Father, forgive me. I want to be able to see what you can do in my life. Maybe you're here today and you have no hope, no healing. I want to encourage you. Whatever head about if I close, you're saying, Pastor, enough is enough. I need Jesus in my life. Now, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. But maybe you're here today and you say, will you lead me in a prayer so I could take a step into a relationship with Jesus Christ? Maybe it's a renewal, recommitment, or maybe it's a whole brand new relationship with Jesus. I would love the honor. But again, I'm not going to embarrass you. But I want you to just, every head about if I close, I want you to put a hand up, put it right back down and say, pray for me. Pray for me. Put it up. Put it right back down. Yes, 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 yes. Anyone else? Up, right back down. How amazing is that? Come on, give a hand clap. I love what God is doing. So every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's pray this prayer together. Let's pray this prayer together. Prayer team, I want you to come forward. Because how many know God is not done yet? But the greatest miracle is, right, is happening right now. And that's salvation. That's new life. That is now God's going to put hope and purpose, hope and healing into your heart today. Everyone pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I need you. Everyone lift your voice. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. Say, I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, be number one. Say, with all my heart, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. So today, I give you my life. Say, today, I now know who I am. Say, I am saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, give God a shout. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.